challenge is, is trust. The challenge is connecting. And so, you know, a lot of these companies are amazing, but they can't connect to their buyer. A lot of these service providers are great, but they might not have a level of high trust. And so I think with our background, with our approach, you know, we're, we have a third party, we're going to an agency level background check, we do all of the due diligence. And then we allow the individual to make the choice if they'd like to reach out, they can read about that provider, what services they have, and then ultimately just have a conversation and, and let them decide. Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Welcome back to the SaaS Fuel Podcast, where it's not the size of your family tree that matters, it's the quality of the nuts in it. I'll be your host today, Jeff Maines. And this week, we are talking with another multi-time founder about his unique solution to bring families together and facilitate communication and business. Now, both of those are hard topics on their own, and I think doubly so when related to an estate. You know, I've seen estates settled really well. I've seen others get crazy. For example, have you seen the movie Knives Out? I've watched that kind of thing play out in real life. And still others who put it off literally for decades because siblings just can't get on the same page. Today, we'll be talking with a SaaS founder about tech to solve that problem, working with high-end clients, and many more of the ins and outs of building an awesome SaaS company in a really important but completely antiquated niche. In last week's episode, Joshua Christofferson, co-founder and CEO of IQ, an education SaaS that is doing incredible things, engaging reason, imagination, and interest with a little twist of AI. So if you have a team or want to build one, there are great tips on employee motivation, building a contagious culture, and excelling as a leader. So definitely an episode that you don't want to miss. So if you did, be sure to go back and check that one out as well. Our guest this week is Jonathan Fishbeck, founder and CEO of Estate Space, which simplifies operations, communication, and information sharing for families, family offices, and a network of service providers. Consistent with their commitment to transparency and equality in estate management, they are breaking the mold on how estates operate. And in addition to his tech roles, Jonathan serves in a number of philanthropic organizations where his passion for helping veterans, children, and blood cancer research shines through. So if you've been around a while, you know how much I love entrepreneurs who give back and use their talents to make our world a better place. So give it up for this week's guest, Jonathan Fishback. Today's episode is sponsored by my book, Small Fish Big Pond, building a world-class business that swims circles around competitors. So why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock special bonus content. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to SAS Fuel. Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me here today. 
Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about your background and career history and how you ended up starting Estate Space. Yeah, so it's kind of all a culmination of my personal, uh, my education, my professional career to get to Estate Space. The, um, as far as my background goes, I uh, have a degree in computer sciences. Out of that, I really fell in love with art and science and engineering. So I actually became a general contractor uh, back in the early 2000s. Started my first company in uh, 2006, again in the construction industry, kind of pivoted after the Great Recession 2010. And that's that's what led me to the genesis of a state space. I started working for ultra high net worth families, building really cool projects, helping design, develop, you know, build out and ultimately commission these large estate homes. And it was kind of during that those experiences, you know, seeing the good, seeing the bad, seeing some of the ugly. Um, when it came to very complex assets, you know, very uh, large families. And really, that was when uh, we were looking to transition a very large project that we had done. We were unable to do that. Uh, that, got, that forced the company into facilities management for our clients, not what we really did. And so it was really at that point that we knew, you know, I realized, you know, there's just no technology to provide these families with a simple transition or a way to manage the home. And it was very much, you know, like tribal knowledge within my head or within one of my team members' you know, heads. And there was really no, no pen to paper there. So if someone got sick, uh, you know, there was just no way to really provide a, you know, a cohesive level of service for any one of our clients. And so that was when we, we came up with the idea for a state space. About 2017, we launched uh, the company. Uh, and it's been, a, as you know, a roller coaster of a ride here over the last five years. That it has, especially going through a pandemic and you know, kind of the ups and downs. Most of your clients come from referrals, or how do you get into you know, a, a situation like that where you're working with high net worth families, family offices, foundations, things like that? Yeah, so yeah, that's exactly right. Everything uh, was referral based for our company. And the neat part about estate space is with the previous work that we had done, we had a client base. Because we were a services business, I found that that's been our strongest advantage becoming a SaaS platform. Uh, knowing the problem intimately and being able to solve for our experiences, our clients' experiences, that's really led us to where we are today. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of the, the best SaaS companies I've seen have come out of services uh, because they know the, the clients so well. So what is the problem that you solve? Now, how does it work? Yeah, so I think at, at the highest level, right, we, we're simplifying estate management. But there's really three key, key factors to that. The first thing that we did that took us the longest time was standardizing information, right? Creating a platform that could create a standard for something that was just unstandardized at that point in time. When we looked at the marketplace, there was no technology to manage all of your physical assets, all of your properties in a way that was intuitive to the people that we were working for. You know, we found that there are uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of financial technologies out there that help you manage money. And when it came to prop tech, it was still platforms that were helping more of an investor manage real estate investments versus where we're trying to help someone take care of, of their home or homes, of the things in that home. And so, so that was the first big problem. We then solved the next problem, which was being able to have the appropriate amount of transparency. So roles and permissions, that was probably the, that's the biggest pain point is these families' privacies, family offices are set up uh, in a magnitude of different ways, right? Some are a single family office where they have a couple of homes. 
Uh, some are single family offices that have dozens of homes and hundreds of employees. And so it really runs the gamut of the, um, the different use cases for our clients. And so we really had to solve the transparency issue, you know, and I think that was the thing that, that was the second hardest. And then the thing that was probably not as hard, but is the biggest problem is, is a breakdown in communication, right? So we're using all these different mediums with different technologies where we know I might have a conversation with you. I might go text you, you know, we have all these different means of communication and things get lost in translation. And so what ends up happening is that there is a, a misunderstanding of expectation across all stakeholders within an organization for the ones that we service. And so, you know, being able to kind of bring those three things together, they ultimately then work kind of hand in hand with each other to help really take more of an an inclusive approach to our marketplace and making sure that we've kind of thought about every persona, if you will, from say the principal of a family to the head of the family office, all the way down to any individual that might be providing some sort of a service, whether they're an employee, whether they're a vendor. We've really looked through a lot of lenses and studied those personas over the past, you know, six, seven years now. And I think that's the, the you know, probably the other thing, you know, you see a lot of great tech out there, Jeff. I mean, you know, you see it all the time. And these platforms do one, two, three things maybe. But then, you know, with the state space, we're really, you know, my vision was as a three-time founder. I'm really tired of having to wake up and look at like 15 different things in the morning, trying to figure it all out. Like I, I always think about like if, if my brain doesn't work as fast as it does, like, am I going to be able to like do my job tomorrow? And so a state space's ultimate vision was to help bring all of those, say, we call it 20 different technologies I have to use every day to run a company, bring them to one platform, make it super simple. Like just let me wake up and check one place and know that like that's my professional stuff. It could also be my personal stuff, but really just like let me wake up and do my job in one place. And I think that's that's all about, that's everything that we're doing right now. Kind of the core foundation of a state space is all 2022 development. That's really cool. And, and I like the way that you've specialized. You know, it'd be real easy to take something like this or, or take a property management SaaS and, and kind of try and make it fit. But you've been really, really specific about this market, and, uh, and it's one of the things in my book. If you want to get big, go small. And so you're, you know, really, really tightly focused on this market. So how has that served you? Is it just in in the simplification of the business, or is it other ways as well? Yeah. So I, I you know, where we're going in 2022 is to a, a complete business operations platform. And when we look at like who we serve, yes, we did start, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, two inches wide and two miles deep, right? Just really, really focus on what you're doing. Do that really well. But then our approach, again, with that inclusive approach with the platform, now we're able to, we're more of a B2C to B platform where Yes, we were serving, you know, a specific client. It was maybe more of a personal sale to a family or a family office. But then when you kind of turn that on its side, because we looked through all those various lenses, now our largest clients are actually businesses that are managing, you know, hundreds of our target client as far as the family, family office goes. And it works bi-directionally. So, you know, now that we've gotten businesses, we've gotten kind of the consumer what we're really then going to be able to do with that is, you know, we've basically created this specialized community of ultra high, super high net worth families and, and service providers. And with that, now we're going to be able to open up kind of like, you know, tenant to tenant connections on our platform. So if you're in a state space business, if you're in a state space consumer, you can work together. You can do that all within our security enclave. 
really just making it easy for families to get the service that they need. And I think that's another differentiator that, that I'd be remiss to not kind of talk about here with you today, which is that coming from service, you know, we have a profound respect for service providers. And so it's a technology platform. We know that, we're, you know, the thing that I think I like the most is that we don't necessarily replace anybody. We don't, someone doesn't lose their job with a state space. We help make everyone's lives better. And we have a, an amazing group of affiliate partners that we've been able to start to, to build over the last couple of years that provide the auxiliary and the surge support that a family, a business may need to catalog all of their inventory and get it into a state space and allow them to then allow the family to then just start doing work, right? So it's been a, a nice journey of kind of never losing that that service mindset, albeit we're, you know, a SaaS platform. That's really smart. So is it like a marketplace of service providers as well? Is that what I'm understanding? Yep. So yeah, so we started with services. Our marketplace next year, we're going to look to expand that into also product providers, you know, coming from uh, construction and what we did in, in our past life, if you will. Now that we have hundreds of just amazing artisans around the world. And again, the challenge is, is trust. The challenge is connecting. And so, you know, a lot of these companies are amazing, but they can't connect to their buyer. A lot of these service providers are great, but they might not have a level of high trust. And so I think with with our background, with our approach, you know, we're, we have a third party. We're going to an agency level background check. We do all of the due diligence. And then we allow the individual to make the choice if they'd like to reach out. They can read about that provider, what services they have. And then ultimately just have a conversation and, and let them decide. So I think the thing that's made that marketplace successful is that we don't get in the middle of it. We just let, we're really, it's really there to help our clients better use our technology. That's really smart and not something that most players would do is, I mean, every marketplace I've seen, most of them anyway, they want to get in the middle or they want to cut or they want something for that. So I like that that's just, it's an introduction. It's a value add for the client. So you're really staying focused in the right places, not trying to, to make money at every possible angle. So, you know, serving clients, you never lose doing that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, does everybody need an estate plan? You know, that's one of the questions that came up and just thinking about this is how important is that? Yes. So now that I'm uh, about to turn 40 and I have three kids, I would say the answer to that question is yes. Maybe my 28 year old self wouldn't have said that, but um but yeah, no, it's really important. The thing that's really alarming, right, is that families, you know, you, me, Jeff, we're, we could accumulate a lot of wealth within our lifetime, but a very small percentage of families actually are able to successfully pass that down to the second generation. And that number gets even smaller to going from a second and third generation. And so with the state space, you know, when you start to say, okay, great, we have this foundation, we have all this information. And now what are we going to be able to do with it? Well, now we're going to be able to help families transition real property assets the same way they transfer liquid assets. And that happens almost instantly when someone moves. You're able to know that, you know, these things are going to this family member. You know, we're, we're in conversations with a lot of the private client groups with large, the largest insurance companies and banks in the world. And this is an area where they struggle. It's a multi-billion dollar loss center when it comes to some of the the legal issues that come with it. And I think that's been some of the worst things that we've experienced is watching families lose tens and tens of millions of dollars fighting over things. And so to be able to, to have that in more of a dynamic uh, way, I mean, right now we're still using flowcharts and PowerPoints to manage a family's worth. And I think with, with the state space, 
You know, we want to be the system of record that allows you to know this is going to this person, this is going to that person. And, and so then why would we really want to solve for that? Well, the main reason is to allow people the opportunity to do what they really should be doing when something like one of those qualifying events happens, which is just being able to grieve, being able to just be with family, right? I think the, that's the, that one of the things that really brings our company together from a cultural perspective is that everyone in a state space understands like we really want to have a long lasting lifetime impact on the people that we're serving with the state space. We want to allow them that opportunity, afford them the opportunity, if you will, to just be a human being at that point, not needing to become an executive or an estate and have to then unfold, you know, what could be, you know, decades upon decades of information and not being properly equipped to do so. And so I think that's the, you know, when you really get down to it, that's the kind of the the heart and soul of what we ultimately want to do. But again, there's kind of a a logical path to getting there. God, I'd love to be able to do that today. But, you know, that's something that we're, we're excited for in 2023. That's a really great service. And I think you're exactly right. I've seen both sides of that just in uh, different uh, family issues where some estates settled really, really easily, not a problem. And another one, it's been more than 20 years and uh, and just so much back and forth because there was no plan, there was no will. And it's just the, the complexities of that. And it, it's not even that it's a lot. It's just the complexity and because it, it wasn't well documented, uh, you know, 20 years later, this is something that is still an issue for the, the family. Yeah. And I mean, I think that burden is is one that sometimes can't be overcome because, you know, a lot of this stuff is is complex, right? It might not be a, a large sum of something, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of law, there's a lot of regulations, and it's just, it's something that's hard to navigate. And I think the you know, when you look at the SaaS market, right, there's been over $100 million invested in startups in the last three years, trying to tackle the estate plan, right, trying to allow someone for a fraction of the cost to get their estate plan up and running, to uh, have a will in place, to, you know, have those, you know, medical documents in place in case of a qualifying event. And when we look at all of those, we think that's great. We really support that startup and that part of the marketplace, but they're still managing all of their property assets in an Excel spreadsheet. So yes, it's getting you kind of like started, but it's not taking it all the way home. And so to have all that physical asset information in a state space, we can start to breathe real-time life into that Excel spreadsheet. We can move away from PowerPoint. We can move away from Excel and we can provide people with an interface that's binding and makes it easy for anybody to understand whether you're eight or 88, right? It's important that anyone throughout that range is able to really understand what they're looking at in a really, in a super simple way. That's where state space is going with that. That's nice. Real tools, not to cobbling a bunch of stuff together, but a real tool, a real solution. Yep. So I like that. With the dollars that have poured into the the market, one, I think that that definitely validates the model and the need for this in the, the space. Have you bootstrapped or have you been part of that $100 million investment? Yes. So we bootstrapped. This was pretty much, it was my idea. It was a kind of a, a team effort with myself and my, my direct family. So me and my father are the ones that kind of back the business in the beginning. We have a great client partner and stakeholder that we were introduced to through one of our affiliate partners in uh, late 2020. And so they've, they've come in as individuals, um, still no like, true, you know, any, you know, seed round series A, but we are looking to set up for a most likely a formal series A in 2023, just because, you know, 
we now know where we need to spend money in order to accelerate the business, both from a product perspective and a sales and marketing perspective. And so I think for that, it makes sense to help us continue to scale out in years to come. But yeah, no, it's, it's been nice because I think one of my fears going into this was, you know, I get investment and, uh, you know, my vision is changed by that investor. And I've had the, a pretty unique opportunity to just stay on the path that we've always really wanted to be on. And, and for me personally, that's, that's really important. That's great. I love Bootstrap Founders. I think that is uh, by far the, the best way to go for as long as, as you can. I think you build a better business, you make better decisions, you're in control of your own destiny. And, uh, and you're really building, building in a different way than with your own money than you do with uh, when you just get a bunch of cash from somebody else. I think that's a, definitely admirable. I don't know if it's equally scary because I've never really done a formal raise, but I can tell you that uh, being bootstrapped with all of your own money in the game, it's definitely a real experience, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you've done this before, though. You built four companies. What are some lessons learned along the way? So uh, my number one lesson wasn't really learned until uh, the last few years, which is, you know, if my number one advice that I can give any entrepreneur, any founder is you know, kind of twofold. One is find an advisor in your space that's done what, what you're trying to do so that you can get the insights into that marketplace before you go there. I've always found that the most costly mistakes are the ones up front when you might not truly understand the idea or the opportunity that you're trying to go after. And so I've learned that the hard way, but I've also found in the last few years, you know, that advisory service is priceless, right? If you can get a good advisor, it's worth more than anything that you can buy in the whole world. Without a doubt. Yeah. And I think secondly, you know, I've had the opportunity of late to connect with like-minded founders. So like I'm a SaaS platform. I focus in financial technologies, right? I want to now associate myself with and be around other founders that have SaaS platforms. I find that they're my greatest teachers. If I can teach them something great, but I know that what I do know is I take away a ton of great ideas. I can be in a conversation and, you know, we're doing something new, you know, like uh, I'm listening to someone talk and I think that's a great idea. And, you know, I almost can immediately implement it with how we are built as a company. And so, you know, I think having founders that have been there or are doing that, you know, we're our best teacher. That peer-to-peer experience has really, really served me well over the last, you know, couple of years now. Absolutely. I think there's nothing like being around other founders and learning from them. Uh, yeah, especially somebody like you. I mean, you've done this four times. You've got great lessons. Other people in there have great lessons, but we all see the world differently. Even though we're in, in SaaS, you have different experiences than somebody else or different industry experiences. And so being able to bring that together, it's just such great diversity in having those conversations. I think you might be forecasting something, Jeff. I'm a three-time founder, so oh, okay. I've done it three, but maybe there's something in my future that I don't know about. That you know. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. A three-time founder. Well, still, that's pretty good. That's very impressive. I think, yeah, entrepreneurs, we get it in our blood and, and we just can't do anything else. There's always one more. Yeah, and it's definitely in my blood. You know, my father was an entrepreneur. He started a company back in the early 90s, you know, service-based IT company, and uh you know, that's, I think, when I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I knew it was a lot of hard work. I, I, as a kid, I learned how to support an entrepreneur in technology. And uh, I knew the trials and tribulations that came with that. But I think, you know, from a pretty early age in my life, I always kind of knew this is what I wanted to do because I want to change the world, right? I want to leave a, a long lasting impact that far outlives me. 
And uh, I've always felt that the best way to get there is to, you know, become a founder, you know, go do something, go forge a path. And I think that, you know, I'm doing that now. So I'm kind of living my dream, which is really cool. I love that. And Jonathan, tell me, you know, in the experiences that you've had, what has been your, let's say, biggest mistake or maybe biggest learning experience along the way? Yeah, so I, I think if I'm going to answer that question well, it's a great question. I might start with the, the what I figured out what the answer was to my problem, which was uh, slowing down to speed up. So ah, I love it. So that's how I figured out how to eliminate rework in my life. But it was I'm an excited person. Like I'm a, you know more type A than anything else, and I'm, I'm I'm passionate. I love what I do. Anyone that knows me knows this to be true. And, you know, so like out of the gate, like, you know, just talking about a state space, you know, I wanted to do so much. And I think the my challenge in the beginning was where do we start? And so there was a lot of start, stop, restart. And in technology, that's a costly mistake. And so I would say that, you know, again, had a great consultant and mentor help kind of guide me along this process of slowing down to speed up. Um, it's something I have written on a post-it that I'm looking at every day on my desk. Like I can never forget that. It, that really serves me well. And it's funny too, because I kind of already knew this answer coming from construction, right? Construction is 70% preparation and 30% execution. And so that's pretty much everything, any business, right? I, I'm a big believer that a business is a business is a business. And so I would kind of kick myself looking back that I, I didn't take that with me into tech, back into technology. But, but no, I mean, that's, you know, we, we do a really good job of planning. Uh, we have a process. I love agile. I don't like things that are cumbersome. And so, you know, but taking that time up front to know what it is that you want to do, make sure your team knows what it is that we're doing, you know, that solves for that. My biggest mistakes were real costly ones. And so, you know, the answer to that question is always slow down to speed up, know where we're going before we go and, uh, you know, know when to accelerate the company. And so that's been something that uh, I've had the, uh, the pleasure of realizing and implementing and experiencing over the last few years now. That is absolute gold and, uh, and something I will definitely write down. That's a great takeaway. Slow down to speed up. And that, that is a fantastic lesson. I've done the exact same thing. I want to get to, to build, build, build and uh, without the plan because that's the fun part. Yeah. And I uh, completely understand where you're coming from with that same kind of personality. And I just want to get done. Oh, this, I don't have time for all that planning stuff. Right. I mean, but <laughs> and now, now it's like right now, State Space is scaling. We just tripled our team. And, you know, it's like I want to go, go, go. But now I know it's like, all right, let's slow down. We huddle up with everybody and uh, we make sure that the team knows where they're going before we just, you know, floor it. Right. So, right. But yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, appreciate that process for sure. So in, in all the things that you've done, uh, there've been some funny moments as well. Yeah. I mean, I, so I can say that we have a lot of fun, you know, we're super professional people, but you know, in 2022 now the dynamic of a workforce has changed dramatically from when I started, you know, 20 something years ago. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I think, you know, as far as you know, if I had to simply say that the funniest thing I've done is, you know, I'm like, I'm going to start a company. And before there's even a company, I'm having t-shirts made. And uh, I did that. I did that twice. Well, where I actually didn't really start a business, I started a t-shirt company. Um, <laughs> and so I'd say, you know, that was probably something, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it all out. Well, now we got to get branding. And I'm like, you know, it, 
the idea never actually went anywhere. They, it never even happened, right? So I've got a couple of t-shirt companies in my portfolio as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you get excited. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so what has been the role of uh, yeah, advisors and mentors? You talked a little bit about that. And uh, you know, what is the, the best advice you've given and how has that affected your life? You know, I think that the best advice, you know, that I've gotten, again, uh, slow down to speed up. That's definitely up there at the top. But my mentor is always focused on making me a better father, a better husband, a better son. Really working on me personally serves me professionally. And, you know, throughout the businesses that I've started, I've had a lot of success from a cultural perspective, being able to always make sure that, you know, I let everyone in the company know, you know, the order of importance. First, you have to take care of yourself, then you have to take care of your family, and then you have to come to work and do a great job. And it's hard to do a great job if you've got something wrong with your family or if you're not in good health, right? If you're not able to take care of yourself. So really setting the tone with that order of importance has has really served us well. It's, you know, when I think about it, I'm probably the hard, it's, I'm, I don't do that as well as I teach that, right? I'm, I'm probably a better teacher with a lot of this stuff than I am the executioner. So when it comes to like me personally, though, focusing on that has been really great advice because it's made me better in business. You know, it took me 38 years. I just now learned to take a vacation without actually working on it. And so, you know, but you are working on your vacation. You're working on yourself. You're working on your family. And so I've, I've started to finally realize some of the things that I've preached and now I'm practicing. And, uh, you know, that's really, really important. And I think that's a really good approach to, you know, your day-to-day life. I really like that. We're so much more than just what we do at work or that role. You know, that, uh, the first thing that you mentioned, you know, husband, father, son, you know, it's those relationships, taking time off. You know, we didn't become entrepreneurs to just be a slave to the grind without a steady paycheck. Yeah, there's more to it than that. Yeah. And so it's it's those relationships and it's, it's that freedom to, that we're looking for. So I like that. Being able to take a vacation without working. Right. Who would have thought that we could actually yeah. do that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you mentioned relationships, you know, that's why I got back into technology, Jeff. It was, you know, it was like, I build somebody a home, I, I, I'm done, I give them the keys, and I don't really see them again. And so like, for me personally and professionally, I really struggled with the forging a relationship and then almost kind of losing it. And the only way to kind of keep that was to become more of a, a change the business model and move into like home maintenance. And that's just something that didn't really interest me very much as a company. And so being able to have a state space, you know, that's the beautiful thing about it is that it was all built on relationship capital, which is to me more important than money. And it's been a really rewarding experience for myself personally, because I've been able to use those relationships, build the business, and then ultimately serve those relationships in the best way possible and being able to provide somebody with a complete solution that's going to allow them to have a better a better life. I mean, that's ultimately our goal here. So is that your big why? Is it is about those relationships and doing something long term? Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I think for me, I'm lucky, right? You know, a big fan of, um, you know, find your why. And, uh, you know, I was, I found that my why is the same personally and professionally, which is to, to help people. And that's why I get up and, and that's what I want. But I think when you start to think about people, you know, immediately it's, it's those relationships. It's those are the things that matter most. You know, we can scale this company, we can do amazing revenue, we can have all these 
great statistics and analytics on our platform. But at the end of the day, if I can't come home to my family, if I can't be with those people that uh, I love, then you know none of this is really worth anything, right? I mean, it, it's great that we're doing this here at a state space, but it doesn't mean anything to me if I can't you know, come home and have those relationships that matter most to me be intact and be healthy. And so I think, again, you know, you talk about, you know, that order of importance and, you know, works always last. And that's, a, I think, something that, uh, you know, as you smile here, I think that you've probably also been able to find and strike that same balance as, as well, Jeff. It's not an easy thing to do. And it, it's, it's certainly not uh, the natural thing to do, especially as an entrepreneur, because the focus a lot of times is not working on ourselves. But that's uh, super important. And taking those relationships and making sure that, that I love the order of importance. I think that's uh, another key takeaway is just really thinking about that and, uh, and paying attention. Because it doesn't happen on its own. We have to be intentional about that and making sure that first things are first. So as you you continue to develop a state space, what are some new things that are on the horizon? You just had uh, version three come out or uh, it's right either out or or close to it. So what are some new things or where is that the direction of the product going? Yeah, so we actually, yeah, we launched uh, April 30th. So 3.0 is now out. For the most part, that was, uh, we added a web client. So now we have a a web interface and then we rebuilt our mobile interface to complement that. And so right now we're working on some of the new innovations uh, with us are going to be around project management, financial management, and and being able to then kind of connect that back to like business management and the financial pieces and parts that go with that. So I'd say the most exciting thing that we're going to be developing in the next like three to six months is going to be being able to take a project in a state space, being able to create a budget in a state space and being able to systematically flow that back up to a corporate budget. I've always not liked the fact that I have to use Excel. Not that it's not a great tool, but that it's just disparate. So all my financial models are in Excel. So with a state space, we're building that corporate budget, that financial modeling into the platform so that I can then say, I have these projects at these properties that are part of this business, and I can flow all those back up. Because as a CEO, I don't log into QuickBooks. I don't even know that I have access to our QuickBooks. Sure. And so, you know, I need a dashboard in real time that's giving me the things that I need. I don't. I shouldn't need to have to ask for a report every time or have something scheduled with my controller. And so that's a really big deal for us, for our clients. A lot of our clients have a lot of properties. They're doing a lot of, of construction, a lot of things, a lot of various projects. And then the last part is project scheduling. That is going to be something that when we roll that out, that's going to come in Q4 of this year. That's going to be like something you've never seen before. And what's great about that is, I, you know, again, I talk about like that client partner and uh, stakeholder uh, that we have. Well, the gentleman that, that runs that business is close to a genius when it comes to how they schedule and manage projects. And we have a lot in common, but he's definitely got me there as far as a subject matter expert. And you see all these tools with project management and mainly you have like something like Smartsheet, you have something like Microsoft Project. You know, I remember looking at those tools and trying to use them the way that they told me and printing out a Gantt chart that waterfall down a wall and it doesn't even work, right? And so right. with the state spaces, project scheduling and management, we're going to be bringing an entire new tool to the marketplace. And the only, and then the great thing about that is that it's actually built by people that do this for a living and serving that same that same 
group of people back. And so that's that's going to be something when we when we roll that out, we'll uh, probably at that point we, we will have people that will have taken notice to the fact that you know there's a much better way to do it. And because we're SaaS, we're the same cost or less cost than other tools that are out there. So even if someone only wanted us for project management, budgeting and scheduling, you know, that's available. And I think that's the one, the other thing I love about, you know, we talk about SaaS and, you know, you get everything that we build today, tomorrow, into the future, but you might only need 20% of it, you know? And when we talk about, you know, you've asked some really great questions, Jeff, about giving back to the, to the community, which is entrepreneurs, you know, as a founder, I've always struggled with the idea that I have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on technology to kind of get started. And so the state space becoming a business operations platform, I'm excited for that as for, for any founder that's been any entrepreneur that's going to start a company, you know, you can do everything that's it's all interconnected, you know, CRM, financials. And it's done in a way that we feel is much more intuitive than other platforms that are out there. And it's SaaS. So can, you know, custom is kind of a swear word in our company. Everything needs to just be configurable. Yes. It needs to just have some information on the page and just be easy to use. And, and that's, that's hard, right? I mean, when I talk to my, my advisory team, the, the hardest thing in the world is to get to simple. I can't tell you how many iterations of, you know, what we were going to be, you know, over the last few years, probably somewhere in the 20s as far as how many times we've iterated and now we're just a state management simplified like it's so simple but yet it was so hard to get there it is you'd think it'd be easy to the simple but that's that is really the complexity it's taking all of the things that we could do and breaking it down to you know what are we going to do and then how do we make that really really simple so that anybody can use it I like that that you have the entire platform and you say that somebody only needs, you know, may only need 20%. And that's something that that gets us in. And then what happens is, oh, it does that too. Oh, it does that also. And and it just keeps going and going and going. It's one of the, the beautiful things about a tool like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, how can we learn more about state space and, uh, and you online? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can find me on uh, pretty much any social channel that's out there as far as, uh, you know, being able to find us as a company, you can go to estatespace.com. We have a fantastic team behind the company that will uh, that's readily available. Uh, we're typically available, you know, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. But you can drop us a note. We, again, having that service mindset, you know, one of the other things, you know, Jeff, that we kind of struggle with is like, you know, you build this platform and then it's like, you know, you see other technology platforms and you might never be able to talk to somebody. And so, you know, I think the great part about a state space is that, again, back to that relationship capital and kind of bow tie in this whole conversation here with you today is that we are there, you know, you can pick up the phone, you can call us, we will get back to you. You know, we're, we're available to get a hold of us 24 seven, but you know, we'll, we'll get back to you, you know, hopefully within 24 to 48 hours, because we really do want to talk to you. We really do want to know what's going on and, and how we can help. Um, and you can, as a client, they can get a hold of us right through the application. So we have kind of you know, kind of real-time help and a team monitoring those inquiries back to the company. So um, yeah, you can find us on our website and as a client, you can find us whenever you need us and we'll be there for you. That's fantastic. Jonathan, really enjoyed the conversation today. You had big takeaways. You you dropped some great value bombs along the way. So I really appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I really enjoyed the uh, conversation here with you today.
Well, thanks again to Jonathan for coming on the show and sharing your insights and ideas. You can learn more about Jonathan and Estate Space at estatespace.com. And of course, check him out on social media as well. You know, I was blown away at how intuitive and powerful the solution is. You know, it's simple to use. It's priced really, really well. And as always, all links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are available at sasfuel.com. As a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash sasfuel. I'll be sure to read those out on a future episode. You can also leave comments, feedback, or just let me know you're out there by giving us a call at 903-SASFUEL. Tune in next week for our conversation with Caroline Peterson, founder and creative director of Gallery Design Studio. Her specialty is helping to shorten the sales cycle for B2B tech companies by creating crisp, clear, and engaging content for every single part of the buyer journey. She's brilliant and exceptionally talented, and I can't wait to hear what Carolyn is going to bring next week. So check it out, and until we meet again, enjoy the journey.